0: Tonight I want to go over uh, some a passage of scripture. We're gonna we're gonna do a little expository teaching in this that um, Jesus is about to check out of the planet. Like he he's gonna be leaving. He's going he's gonna go through the roughest time that he's ever been through on this planet, physically on this planet. And he's got a group of men that he's trying to lead through this. Like he's preparing them to leave. And so in John chapter fourteen. 15 16 and 17 he starts preparing them this is at the last supper um it's the communion meal that we celebrate today and by the way for those of you every sunday morning we have communion over here in the corner we celebrate that jesus says as often as you do this do it in remembrance of him i know some celebrate communion every day but we do it every sunday and then on the fifth sunday the every quarter we'll do it corporately as a body but Jesus is about to leave and so He's preparing them and tell them these are some things you're going to need to know. Like, like, let me, let me ask you a question. If you knew, like, in, in just a little while, you were checking out of this place, like, you're going to be gone. What would you leave behind? What would you begin to do? I know me. I'd be like, "Come here, son. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Let me let me tell you some things you need to know. Okay. Here's where all my money. No. <laughs> here's where. I, here's the numbers of my bank account. <laughs> it would be okay. Look. These are some things that mean the most. These are some things that I would want to make sure they knew. Some things that I would not second guess. I would very specifically lay out things. Matter of fact, I'm in the process right now of preaching my own funeral. Like, like I'm getting a video every, every time I've already got one, but I'm going to do a personal video and some people may call it control. I've done a number of funerals. I've done a lot of funerals and I don't want anybody else to have to come up with something to say. I'm going to be like, let me go ahead and share with y'all. This is what I want you to know. As I'm out of here, this is what I want you to know. It'll be with a joy and a smile on my face because where I'm going to be, it's nothing going be, to be joy and excitement. So, if if you happen to be around when that comes you can tell me about it when you get there okay cuz i'm going to be you be like man that was pretty good or you can say you might want to change something i guess it's too late it's already done but you want people to know and jesus is saying the same thing i want you guys to know something very important and so he begins in chapter 15 of john and we're just going to look at 12 short verses and go through them real quickly just to give us an idea Of what Jesus was trying to do. Like like he began to transition. And I love how Jesus always used natural things. To bring home spiritual truths. So he starts out for us. For a vine. Many of us in southeast Georgia. A vine for us might be poison ivy. A vine for us could be kudzu. A vine for us may be something. But in his day and in his culture. They knew it would have been this beautiful, luscious grapevine. It would have been this thick, beautiful vine, and they knew exactly what he was talking about. I don't know if you've ever been to a, to a, a beautiful vineyard, a grape vineyard, where it's, where it's laid out in row after row. You can look at it, and it's just as beautiful, you can see. It's manicured, it's taken care of, and this is the picture Jesus uses to say, I want y'all to start thinking about this. I want you to to, to to begin to look at how my Father and I think about doing life. How we, how we can be fruitful and effective while we're here on this planet. And so he starts out in verse 1. He said, we're going to read it through and then we're going to break it down a little bit. But we're reading the first 12 verses of John 15. It said, I am the true vine. Not a vine, but the true vine. And my Father is the... Gardener, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, if you do not remain in me, I'm sorry, if you do not remain, 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire and burned. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's command and remain in His love. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. And then verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Father, I do thank you for your word. I thank you it's truth. Jesus, may we get all we can out of this as we look at the vine and the branches. Lord, I thank you that, that Lord, you would inspire, you would encourage our hearts to connect with you and to connect with others in such a way that, Lord, we do bring fruit. We bring forth fruit from the lives of all those we come in contact with, because that's your desire. In Jesus' name, amen. So if we look at the first two verses and we see that I'm the vine and my Father is the gardener, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while each, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will not so that it'll be even more fruitful if we look at this the main purpose of this actually i believe there are three but the, the the vine and the branches but the main purpose of it are branches that that bear fruit so i can say with all certainty it is god's desire to bear fruit in your life and to bear fruit uh bear fruit through your life and this is what it looks like god looks upon me with twofold With with, with two-fold desire. One, what can He do for me? And then second, what can He do through me? Like His first thing, but until He reaches us, it's just us trying to do some activities that He may or may not even deem worthy or or wanting. It's like, we're just trying to do some things, and it could be religious, it may not, but we're trying to make ourselves appeasing to Him instead of doing it His way. Like, since the fall of man, man have come up with some great ways they thought would be like through self-denial, through any number of ways to try to reach to God. At one point in Genesis chapter 11, they thought, God, since you're not coming down to us, we come coming to you. We're going to build a tower to go all the way up to you. And God said, that, that's awful prideful on your part. Now we've got rockets. Who needs a tower? We can build a rocket. like, We're going to go to you. They found out you can keep going. You ain't going to reach him that way. I don't care how far, how great our, our, our wonderful technology is. We can't make it to God in our own strength and our own effort. So God looks upon us. He wants to see what he can do for me and then what he can do through me. And I can tell you this. I know exactly what it is. He wants... To make us as much fruit, to make us as fruitful as he possibly can. That's why he said, "I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear." Looking at verse five, you will bear much fruit. So it's his desire to develop that in us. And as the fruit begins to develop, this is what he does: he begins to purge off of us. Now, like I said. Um, For those who have never done any gardening, um, my dad used to have a little garden in the back of our yard in Jacksonville, Florida. It was a very rich soil. He'd grow cucumbers. He'd grow okra. He would try to grow lettuce, but uh, it it never quite fully developed. Um, He'd grow tomatoes. He'd grow beans. It, It was a fun thing for us to do. But he'd go and say, hold it, when the ochre started coming, he like I've got to cut it so it'll make room for more sprouts. And it would keep on sprouting. It would keep on giving. And having a family of, of seven children in a ten-year span, I think, looking back, I'm like, he knew what he was doing. It's like, I'm trying to cut down on my grocery bill. And so uh, the beautiful thing is, is he keeps pruning. And so this is where God wants to prune us for our good. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, pruning is never a fun process. It's a painful process because you know why? We got this big problem we all have and it's called we're self-aholics. Like, I like what I like. Like, we just came through a season of prayer and fasting. Like, 21 days. And there were times during that 21 days where I was pruning like there were many things I wanted. Like I would ride down and I'm, there were certain things I said, I am not going to, that me personally, I didn't put that upon anybody else. Just things I believe God said, I'm going to prune off of my life. And don't you know it, that everything I said I don't want to do, that's where my flesh said, you want this, you want it, you want this. And I'm like, yes, I do, but I want him more. And so God, what we do when we allow him to purge and to cleanse us it begins to transform us. And how does he do that? I'm glad you asked. Um, the purging and the cleansing comes through his word. That's what he said in verse three. You're already clean because I, because of my word that I've spoken to you. That's what he, he's telling his disciples. My word is what's going to transform you. My word in me, not your word, but my word does that. In Psalms 119, David, a man that had a lot of issues. Anybody here have issues besides me? We, we all got issues. David had them, but David, look what he said. He understood this as a young man. How can a young man stay on the path of purity? How can he do that? How can he keep his life clean? How can he do it? By living according to your word. Look what he said in verse 11. He goes on in that same Psalm 119, the longest Psalm in the middle of the Bible as well. He said, I've hidden your word We're at right inside where nobody gets to see. I I get it down deep. The part of every one of us that nobody sees. God said, he said to the prophet Samuel, he said, man looks on the outward, but I look at the heart. And he said, I'm looking on the inside. So David understood that, who was anointed by Samuel to be king. He said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin." Against you. But check this out. He did sin against him. But he kept going back. He didn't say. Well that's it. I sinned. I blew it. I'm just going to stay there. We'll look at that in just a moment. He said. I'm going to keep on going. There again. In uh, in that same chapter. In, in verse 16. He said it this way. I delight in your decrees. And I will not neglect your word. Do you know one of the biggest problems in the church today it's it's the neglect of God's Word to take time to spend time not only reading it but memorizing it like like getting in it every day like the first thing Lord, I can't give this I cannot go this day without spending some time with you in your word, hearing from you and allow you to transform my heart and so these are are powerful things where we get to be cleansed. And then also, too, um, the the number one thing that we're desiring from God, as we do this, this is what makes room and helps us to produce much fruit. That's where the much fruit comes from, by staying connected in Him. Now, let me ask you something, because when we we're looking at focusing, and we're looking today, is really the number one. We've gone through our four... Uh, our, our fo- the vision God has for us, just four simple principles. Know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. This is the day of, of making a difference. Patrick Eads did a great job. Elder Eads, the electrifying, the, uh, eccentric, the, um, energetic, the, uh, Elder Eads. I could come up with a few more, but we're gonna, we're gonna stop there. He did a great job this morning of, of bringing that home. And then this evening, we're looking at this thing of making a difference in the life, not just our own, but in people around us. See, it's not just for me. Jesus didn't come just for him. He didn't come to say, look at me, y'all. Look at here, I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Y'all bow down. He actually came and took the lowest place. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom. He showed us the way, that it's not about me, it's about others. I, he gave His life, He's asked me to do the same. So the Father is glorified when I bring much fruit. And so what is the fruit of the Christian? I believe it's found in Galatians 5, and 23. And I believe these are steps that we go through. There, here it is in verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is, first of all, number one. Why do you think God put that first? Why didn't He put faithfulness first? He said everything comes out of love. Love for Him and love for others. We'll look at that in a moment. But that's the big one for the Spirit, for the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, and I believe as we love God, that's where the joy comes out of it. See, most people, this is what i found. In my 30 years, 33 years of walking with the Lord... 30 years of pastoring almost, I have found that people, there are some rough people in churches. I mean, I'm thinking they went to a lemon stand before they came to church and went, praise God, we just love Jesus. I'm like, really? I think the problem is they are trying to work something out instead of just allowing the love of God to fill their heart connecting with that love out of that love comes the joy out of that love comes peace out of that peace comes forbearance out of that forbearance comes kindness out of that comes goodness then comes faithfulness then comes um, the next step for us it, it just keeps on going then comes the gentleness then comes self-control we don't start out with self-control how many ever had a problem controlling yourself besides me We've all had that problem. Anybody here? We are the first of the year. Anybody make those New Year's resolutions? Like I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. Like I'm. And you've already broke them. Like the second day. Like, oops. Oh man. Oh man. That's why he didn't start out with self control. He started with love. Because if you follow that path, self control is much easier when I'm already in love and I'm loved by the King and I'm loved by my Creator and, and I experience the love, I'm not just talking, I get to walk in it and it walks in me. I experience His joy, I experience His peace. I'm not talking about it, I'm experiencing it. And then I help others do that. Then you're like, oh man, self control's not nearly as hard with those things already in place. And so these are fruits that God wants for us. And so as we look at Whatever, whatever else is, um, this is in in Mark. What are there two ways that they are played out? The fruit of the spirit, and that is our love for God and our love for people. Right here in Mark twelve twenty nine, a lawyer came to Jesus trying to challenge him and said, "Teacher, they'd already he'd already sent the uh, Pharisees away, and they they couldn't trip him up over money, couldn't trip him up over marriage. Um, so he came and teacher. Good teacher, what are the what's the greatest? What are the greatest commandments? Like they had taken God's word and made all these commandments out of them. What's the greatest? And Jesus said it's real easy. It's found in Deuteronomy, but he quoted it and he said the most important one. Answered Jesus is this: "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one." And he said, "You shall love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God with what? All your heart." With all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now listen here. Your heart, the seed of your emotions, the, the part inside of you that you can't get around. See, like, you can tell people certain things, but your heart won't let you lie. It convicts you. Cause you know, and that God says, I want you to love me right there with all your heart. That's emotion it puts passion you're like i'm not just going through the motion i'm going to stir up my emotions now i know i know we're not supposed to be moved simply on feeling but how many of you know it feels good to feel what you're what you're running on amen we don't run on feeling but it's good to feel what we're running on and so that's where the spirit of god comes in and so when we look at at this thing with all our heart with all our mind that's the the mind and the soul that that's that's where we do our, our will, our emotions. All of this stuff is saying, hey, I've got to put thought into it. I'm not just checking my brain at the door and saying, okay. I'm like, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you what your word says. I want to know every part, spiritual, everything. And then it goes on to even say my strength. Like my physical strength, Lord, I'm going to give it all to you. That's how we're supposed to. We're loving with all of that. And then the second is like it. As I do that, and this is the challenge we have. And this is our challenge today. This is the church. is not ours. Christian Renewal, the capital C church. The biggest battle we have today in our society is loving others. Because we love who we like to love. I mean, granted. Now, I know that some people you like to love, you just want to love them from far away. A distance is good. It's like, I love them, but I'm going to love them from distance. Like, thank you, Lord. But I'll see you next Christmas. I'll see you next whatever. But Jesus said, love God and love others. And it's impossible. Really, we've got to be careful. We don't spend all our time loving others and don't spend any time loving him. Because what will happen is we'll get our eyes fixed here. And I'm thinking I'm helping and all I'm doing is enabling other people. So true love helps me see to the root. And I can actually walk you through this where, where God begins to be prevalent in your life. And it's not, like, like for me, the joy of a pastor is, like is it my my job really, if I were to break it down into one word, I'm an usher. That's all I am. I'm an usher. And you go, Mark, yeah. I'm just trying to help you find your seat you're placing God. I don't know it. I don't have it. I'm just trying to say, hey, what are the gifts and talents He's placed in you? Let me show you how you can develop those and then let me show you where they can play out making a difference as you're loving Him. Show you how you can love others. And so that's what we're in the process and that's what God's leading us to do and I am so grateful for. That's that's where loving others for the longest time was just evangelism. I was a part Early on in in our walk, we had a thing here called evangelism exposure. Dr. D. James Kennedy, a man that's now in the presence of the Lord, he did a great job at telling us how to go out door to door. And, man, I'd take people uh, on... uh, We went out on Monday nights and we'd take cards and we'd visit visitors and show up at their door. What you doing? And i I just was there yesterday and you showed up today. That's a little scary. but then we go cold knocking, and this—it was a beautiful thing. But I'll be honest, in that day, I'd love to say I love the people I was doing, but I took it as a challenge. Like, who are we going to get? We gonna go get some people for Jesus instead of we just gonna go walk with people and we're gonna bring them in a relationship with Him because He loves them. Not I love them because He loves them, and He loves me, and so it's out of this love connection. Then I'm able to help connect them to him, not just a challenge. Like we learned all kind of apologetics and how to break down arguments. And I'm like, those are great. But you know what I found out? People aren't really looking for a theological discussion. They're looking for a friend. They just want, Hey, do you love me? Do, do you love me? do you really care what happens to me or you just want to spout some information no different than jehovah witness i remember they came to my door years ago they don't i don't know you get on a list and they kind of x you off now i got to go to my neighbors if they show up and say hey how y'all doing (laughs) with my neighbors and so they just wanted to give me magazines like here can we give you a watchtower magazine like well what what do you really want to give me this magazine i'd ask them and say hey Look, I tell you what. Why don't you come in and I'll tell you how you can have eternal life. Not a magazine. Let me give you eternal life. And you're like, you can do that. I said, I can do that. You can't do that. Let me show you with your Bible. Let me show you what Jesus intended. Then it never failed. I'd get the, I'd get one of their elders to show up at my door. I'm like, good. I'm glad you're showing up here. Let's go over this more. So that's where evangelism comes from. Is through. Us loving God and loving others. That's gotta be the motivation. Not just simply to be militant going, we gotta save the world. I'm like, no, we gotta love the world the same way God said in John 3.16. Jesus said, for my Father, God loved the world. Those who were far away from Him. He loved those who were far away from Him so much that He sent His only Son so that those who were far away from Him would not perish but have eternal life. He came to give us that. I used to be that one way far away from Him. There's still times where my heart tries to go off, but praise God. And this is our motivation. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 says it this way. For Christ's love compels us. The love of Christ that I have, His love, (laughs) y'all... I got something I didn't deserve. I don't deserve the love of God. I deserve hell. I don't deserve heaven. I deserve to be beat regularly. I deserve, and He still loves me to Himself. He draws me to Himself. And it's His love that compels me because I'm convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And then I love what verse 17 says. Very familiar. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. A new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Now this is what most Christians struggle with. And I want to set you free from that tonight. Mark, I got saved. I became a new creation. Then I blew it. I sinned. The old has gone. The new is here. When is something old? Like when you buy a new car, when is it considered old? As soon as you drive it off the lot, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. It has lost. If you buy a brand new car, as soon as you drive it off the lot, it has lost a quarter to a third of its value just for driving it off the lot. I signed my name. I drove it off the lot. You take it back to them, like these car dealers. You can trade it in any time if you don't like it. Bring it back within ten days, and we'll let you trade it in. Yeah, for a lot less money. But you can. So something is old. The minute it stops being new. So when this says it, it's a continual, continual thing. Don't let your relationship with God become old. If there's been things that have been plaguing you, let it be new today. He's a new creation. The old has gone. The new is here. Lord, let it be new tonight. Right now, fresh and new in Jesus' name. So this love is what creates the true motive... For evangelism. That's what, that's what compels us. It's not because most religions, if they don't do it, and and even in the church, if we don't do it, God's gonna be mad at us. Remember when you used to do chores? Did you do it because you love cleaning your room? Because you love taking out the trash? I just love taking out the Mama, can I please take out the trash? I know it's only half full, but could I please take it out now? I just love taking it out. No, because if you didn't, it was fear. Like, you better take that trash out. You better get your room clean. You better be in before the street light comes on. Come on, somebody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) When the street lights, I'm like... Rats. We had to live on a street with street lights. I mean, if we didn't have street lights, I'd take my BB gun. <laughs> the light didn't come on, daddy. <laughs> I shot it out. No. <laughs> Got a little extra time. No, we, we lived in fear. This is one where it's motivated by his love for us. And because of that love, we have the ability to love others genuinely. Man, I just want to help. That's our motivation. So let me ask you this. Who benefits by the fruit? So we looked at the vine. We looked how he prunes. We looked at the motivation of what we do. Who benefits from it? Well, it's real simple. It's found right here in verse 8. Verse 8. John 15, verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. It's all for him. See, the beauty of this, and here's the joy of it, Is, God is the one that gives us everything we need to produce fruit. So like it's, like we said, it's His love that motivates me, so it's not even me trying to muster up the strength. I'll I'll tell you, my wife and I, we had um, committed ourselves as we were pursuing the Lord and pursuing this thing that we called marriage, the I do. Before we got to I do, we wanted to go ahead and I did, you know. So I did remain pure. We did do a lot of things. And so my wife was tall and beautiful, and I had to come up with ways we couldn't just go hang out and look at her and go, You so pretty. I you so pretty. I, <laughs> I I couldn't do that because I knew me. I my flesh would be like, Oh, she's so pretty. I I would I would make things we would go on dates and our dates would consist of Going to the pier and witnessing. Our dates would uh, would consist of going to revivals. Our dates would consist of going to meetings, and then we would go and I would I'd say, "Hey, I'd give a little hug." Like, "Hey," love you. it wouldn't be like, "Oh, I love you." Woo. I'm like, no, I don't want any of that. I want I love you, not what you do for me. And so this whole thing of of that love and 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 how that operates. What it did for me was this. It set when we went out, and I'm telling you, there were things when we'd go out to the pier, how many of you know, we we have rejection meters that we can, we, we, like you can only be rejected so many times before you're like, I, I, I've had enough. <laughs> and and I we'd go out there doing this, and so um, pursuing God and helping them connect, and so we'd go out there and... Uh, anybody that knows my wife, she is an extreme introvert, and i 'm not uncovering her in any way. She loves what she loves, but if it 's so funny, we laugh about it but i 've had people say i don 't think i 've ever met your wife and i said there 's people been here thirty years that 's never met my wife that 's up to you, not me it 's not for me to do that um, she 's right here, so but I would have to initiate contact like i she was not going to go up to a stranger, so I was the one. I was break the ice. Hey, I'm Mark. This is Liz. We, we're just out talking to people about their relationship with the Lord. You got a second? How many of you know with people when they're on their own vacation, sometimes that's not what they're thinking about. <laughs> I'm just coming to get some ice cream down here. I just came to get, I just came to walk on the pier, watch people fishing. I'm like, you know, so we'd get all kinds of excuses. Well, I'm just here with my family. I was like, family. Man, the family of God. It's important. Do you have an eternal family? Do you do you know that you're gonna spend eternity with a family? What family are you gonna be with? You know, we we would go through all of these different things. So one night I had I had it, my rejection meter was pegging, like Boo! after about 20 times getting shut down. And 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 I I've shared this once once or twice, but my wife, who's sensitive, She looks over and sees a lady on a bench. And she goes, I think we need to go talk to her. And I said, you go right ahead. Please, by all means. She's sitting right there. There's nobody else. Go at it. Go get it. I'm going to the car. I'll wait. Tell me what happened. And she goes, please, you know, I can't do you. You don't. Please. I'm like, please. No. You... Yeah, I've been hit. So my meter is pegging. Like, no, I'm going home. I'm gonna go pray and, and say, Lord, forgive me. I was, a I blew it. I didn't do something right. And so I finally, she, I'm like, okay, what, what? This is it. This and and I'm telling you, there was no love in my heart. I went reluctant. I remember very vividly. I feel those feelings. Like, okay, come over here and talk to this one lady because my. My, my fiance at the time wanted to, okay. And so I'm literally, I get up to this lady, she's sitting on a bench and she's looking out the ocean. I said, ma'am, I'm Mark, this is Liz. out, Out talking to people about the Lord. Got a second? And this lady falls apart. I'm like, it got worse. It just went from bad to worse. And my wife, At the time it was my fiance, she sits down and starts cuddling her, and this lady says, you don't know what just happened. She goes, I just pray, God, if you don't do something, I'm gonna throw myself off these rocks onto that ocean. I don't wanna live. Her husband, she'd find out, she found out that earlier that day that her husband was leaving her. Her teenage daughter was going with him, and she felt like she didn't have anybody in the world. She was sitting there contemplating, Throwing herself onto the rocks and ending her life. How many of you know that's a divine appointment? And it wasn't because of the love. That's the grace of God that did that. So this is what we talk about with fruit. We set ourselves up. It's for His glory that He loves to use us. And this is the beautiful thing. We all are fallen creatures. Like, nobody's better than anybody else. We, we can't judge ourselves and go... I'm better than you. Your bank account might be bigger, but you might just be more mixed up than mine. Or, or you may have more stuff, but stuff doesn't get it. Um, More stuff may have you, and so we can't measure ourselves against each other. And so, all of us have this fallen nature. God is continually seeking to recreate. Like I said, new creation. He's wanting to recreate Himself. That's why Jesus, the first thing He said to in in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, I don't have it up there for you tonight, but He said, You're the salt of the earth, and you're the light of the world. And they're going, What? We're the salt of the earth? We, We ain't salt. What do you mean? We're not light. And He goes, Yeah, you are God. He was telling them God wants to use you. And I'll say to you, You're the salt of the earth, and You're the light of the world. So how, first, it's for God's glory, but guess what? We get to benefit by partnering with God. And I'm telling you, there's no greater joy in a person's life than making a difference in somebody else's life. It's one thing. God has hardwired you. I don't care if it's just one person But when you start working with somebody and they get it and they start living out their God redemptive purpose and their calling, and you see them walking, and you're like, "Woo! Thank you, Lord." It's not that I win; I help somebody else win. That's that's your most happy thing when you get some, like when your children, when they finally get it. Lord Jesus, they ever gonna get it? Lord, it's one of those things you keep on praying, you keep on working. But when they get it, you're like, "Woo! Thank you, Jesus." Praise God! So here's some of the joys that we have of that. The resources for the branch is in the vine. In other words, I don't have to be self reliant. I can be vine reliant. John fifteen five. I am the vine. You are the branches. That's the that's the case. The branch. I have no capacity. You have no capacity. Apart from being attached to the vine. Anybody got leaves in their yard? It's that time. The fall is here. All the stuff that's rotten, it falls off. All this dead stuff starts, the draw starts falling off. How many's excited about getting to rake up some leaves? Like, woo, look at all these things. This is the time where young men, we used to, some of our fundraiser would be, hey, rent a young person to come rake some leaves. It's like, woo. They, they're like, we'll do it. That's why Jesus said in there, apart from me, you can do nothing. And that means eternal. It doesn't mean I can't, I can still read, I can write, I can still create, I can still do because it's within our nature. God created us that way, but I can't do anything of eternal value. And so the beauty of this is number one, I have no life of myself. Like I have physical life, but I don't have eternal life by myself. I gotta rely on Him. I don't have and the beauty of that, I don't have to strain and struggle to create life. I have to receive it as I just stay connected. It's not me trying to do more, it's me trying to yield more. Me trying to stay. This is where where we don't, I gotta do, I gotta do. Nope, I don't have to do. I just have to sit back and enjoy being. See, we always operate out of being, not out of doing. When we get at work, when we get it reversed, I've got to do in order to be a child of God? No. It's out of being a child of God that we get to operate according to Him. And so that part of that is I don't have to worry about the process. Just I just got to hang in there. I just got, Lord, I'm just thinking. It may not be the best. It it may be sometimes where I feel like something's wrapped. You ever try to tie two together? Okay, it'll come back. It'll join. That's what we have to do. Just stay with Him. That's why... um, I can stand here before you today knowing fully well what Jude 24, I I love what Jude says here in verse 24. He says, this is how we know. This is what I get to do. To Him, to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before His glorious presence without fault and with great joy. I am not trying to do this myself. I don't have to. I'm just staying connected to Him. He's able to do far what I can think or ask. So the beauty of that, that's what we're trying to do. And then I love what, uh, what, what Paul wrote to his, his young protege, Timothy. He said, that is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame. Cause he went through a lot. And on the natural, on the outside, people watching him going through this, he must have done something bad. All he was doing was trying to do God's will his way. And he said, Yet, this is no cause for shame because I know, whom I, I know in whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that He is able to guard what I've entrusted to Him until that day. It's all Him. It's not anything I'm doing. My account is with Him and it's paid in full. And so all I, all I need to do, all that I need and more I just have to recognize He's the provider, not me. And then finally, two things. How can I abide in this? How can I, how can I do this? How can I actually stay abiding in Him? John 15, 10. Here it is. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. Now let, let me, cause this is one I had some young people a while, a few years back, they're like, how can I keep his commands? I want to and I mess up. I said, you got it reversed. You're not, you're not realizing that if you love him, it's easy to keep his commands. It's not, I gotta do this and then he's gonna love me. It's like, if i fall in love with him, his commandments aren't gonna be a burden to me. Like, it's, I, I don't wanna, you know, you go through them, I don't wanna have any idols. I don't wanna use his name in vain. I don't want to put other things before Him because I love Him. I want to honor the Sabbath day. You don't have to get me up to go to church. I'm up early going, Lord, today is the day we get to come together as a body of believers. I don't have to worry about honoring my father and mother. Man, I love God. I love you. I love what you're doing. Man, I love my mama. I call her every night. She's been a widow since 2000. Every night I give a call. Hey, mama, what you doing? Just checking on her. It's a beautiful thing. So I don't have to worry about the commandments. Says all the law is fulfilled in those loving God and loving others. Praise the Lord. He even goes on and um, uh, where he says, verse twelve, he says this: My command is this. This is how we. we this is how it goes. For our love for God, it will reflect in our love for each other. It doesn't go reverse. My command is this: Love each other as I have loved you. And this is the results, and I'll finish with this three things. If we'll stay connected to the vine and we'll keep walking it out, we'll keep staying connected to Him, not doing more, being more, spending more time just listening instead of thinking, i got to do what i got to do. Just stay there and love on Him. There's three things that will happen. You'll have a fruitful life. You'll have a fulfilling life. And you will have a joyful life. You look at the people that are pouring in and just loving on Him and loving on others, they're going to be the most, they'll be the most fruitful life. They'll be just, you go, how do you do? It's like, it's not me, it's Him. I just stay connected. You'll have the most fulfilled life. You, you'll you wonder, what do they do? How do they get so, why, why do they get that? It's like, nothing we've done. Will you have problems? Oh yeah. Look at Paul's life. That one of the most faithful, effective, fruitful men in the kingdom. And look at what he went through. He went through shipwreck. He went through stonings three different times. They were trying to kill him. But through it all, he said, man, I'm staying connected to you, Lord. You, you, here's a man that hated God, fell in love with God, and God used him in an amazing way. So there, there's hope for you and I. And so you'll have a fruitful, fulfilling, and a joyful life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for your word. Lord, I thank You that You are the one that called us into this relationship. This is not something we initiated. This is something that no man was able to do. But Lord, You initiated through Your Son, Jesus. You said at the appropriate time, Lord, You sent Him to this earth to redeem us once and for all. And redeem all. Lord, I pray that through that redemptive work that continually works in us, and works out of us the things this world tries to saturate and pull us away. Lord, I thank you that as we've been looking at focusing on your vision, not us, focusing on what's important to you. Jesus, you said it's important for us to just simply stay connected to you so that you could work through us. And Lord, I pray for each one here tonight, and those who will listen later either by podcast or by CD, Lord, I thank you you'll continually draw. Lord, you will draw them to yourself. Draw each one of us to yourself and we'll stay connected where we will be fruitful, we will be fulfilled, and we will be joyful at what you do in and through us. God, I thank you for each one. I thank you for this time. Lord, may it continue to bear fruit in our lives for years to come. In Jesus' name, amen. I just am thankful. Here's what I'd love to do. I'd I love to, uh, could we just bow our heads for a minute? This is what i love to do is get alone. It's the only way I know is to bow our head and close our eyes to get alone in a crowded room. Nothing spiritual about it. It's the only way I know. I, if we're looking around, we draw cues from other people. Hey, what are they doing? Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful room. And I just want to ask you as you're here before we dismiss tonight. Is there anything in your life that you know of that you say, Lord, I want you to prune that. I don't want that in my life anymore. I don't like that. It could be an attitude. It could be a habit. It could be something that... It it could be a negative thing. It could be a self-evaluating thing where you look and you just continually put yourself down. Self-defeating, self-debilitating, either thought or habit. It could be some emotional thing that it could be something that somebody else did to you a while back that you're saying, Lord, I don't want to carry this around anymore. I want, to, I want that pruned off of me. I'm tired of it being tied back. I get moving forward and this thing tries to always pull me back and make me think about it. Tonight would be a wonderful time as we're looking at being a part of the vine and being the branches. That, that tonight... Is there something you want your Heavenly Father to begin to take that away from me? I don't want that. And He doesn't want that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If there is, would you just right now, in your own place, in your own words, with your own time, say just something inside. Say, Lord, I thank you for getting rid of this. Lord, I thank you for your grace and mercy. I thank you. That I don't, I don't have to carry this around anymore. That you came to get rid of stuff out of my life. And I don't have to fight it alone. That you love to do this. And you love to cut things away from me. That are just going to harmful. That are just going to be a weight. It's not productive. It doesn't help me. And it doesn't serve you. and doesn't serve your purposes in any way. Would you take just a moment. And do that. And then also too, maybe, maybe you felt far away, like you're, you're not even a part of the, the vine anymore. Your branch, you feel like you on the ground drying up and feel like in Ezekiel, the valley of dry bones. Like, like, Mark, I'm on the ground and I'm waiting for the fire to just burn me up because I'm tired. Just go ahead and rake me away. I believe that this is a time tonight where God wants to bring, begin to breathe life. And begin to draw you back and cause life to come back inside and get you in the game. Get you connected to Him and His love and His purpose. So then you can connect with others and begin to make a difference in their lives. Because that's always God's purpose. Father, I thank you tonight. Lord, I thank you tonight for doing what we can't do. Give us the strength to do what we can do so you can do what you love to do. And that is simply admitting. One of the hardest things we can do is admit when there's things that need to be dealt with. And so, Lord, thank you for giving us the strength and the freedom to admit what it is that's tried to hold us back. And then, Lord, I thank you through your grace and love that tonight you would cut that away. You would take it and we can walk out of this place different than the way we walked in. Father, thank you for doing that tonight. Thank you, Lord, for breaking us of ourselves. Lord, there's a, there are people right now in this city, in this county, that will never come to know you if we stay locked in ourselves. And we stay locked away, cutting ourselves off from your provision, from your love, from your grace, from your truth. Lord, I thank you to do such a deep work in us. That, Lord, you would, Jesus, as you said, that, Lord, you would help us to be the laborers that you want to send into the harvest. That we're to pray for them. Lord, I pray that we would be those laborers. And it would be a labor of love. Just like people labored for us. Loved us enough to share truth and to share love and share their life with us. So we were able to come to you. Lord, help us do the same. Cut those things away that we wouldn't allow them to hold us back anymore. We wouldn't allow the lie of the enemy to try to whisper in our ears and tell us how ineffective or tell us any lie to try to keep us self-motivated instead of God-motivated. Father, thank you for doing it. Thank you for setting us free. I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If you would stand up, let me bless you. The high priestly blessing found in Numbers. Lord God, you're the creator of the universe. Lord, you're the king of the universe. And you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people. Where your name might be placed on them. Where you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Then the Lord lift the light of His countenance on you and give you His peace until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen.